The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And I just watched Aaron Judge get a base hit in Canada. He did it. I guess it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, We are recording at it's 7-11 on Monday night. So the game just started. I, you know, it kind of flowed a little bit last week to talk about guys as the uh, as they come up to the plate. It helps move things along. But I'll tell you what, I, I think like the big story, you know, heading into the beginning of the season was who's going to be able to play, who's going to be able to play where, start off first, Tor- you know, Toronto, um, which is impacting the whole league. Then, um, you know, then it was New York and are our guys going to be able to play home games that got lifted in New York. It looks like if it were in still in place in New York, we'd still be fine and everybody could play. Boone said he had been told we'd be fine. We said that a week ago, and I just watched Aaron Judge get a base hit and Anthony Rizzo's at the plate. Maybe, maybe not getting that contract, you know, pushed Judge a little bit because he probably knew going into next offseason, if he can't play in these nine Toronto games, he's got, if he wasn't going to get it, you know, this offseason without the shot, probably wasn't going to get it a year later without the shot. So maybe that played into it. I mean, it's also the two guys who are playing probably the best baseball. You got to wonder yeah. if the shot helps. Yeah. You know? They both look great. I think they each have eight bombs. I think Rizzo's got nine. He's got nine now? That's the thing. Everyone's talking about Judge. Oh, he should get a billion. Rizzo's playing better in and one Rizzo's category. Playing better than both of the first basemen that I and everybody else wanted, uh, Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how things work out, man. You get a good player, you get flexibility. So, I mean, we're talking Monday, the, the game's just started. I mean, the Yankees have won fucking nine games in a row. And if it weren't for Aaron Judge just stole a base, vaccinated, a vaccinated base. Um, uh, if it weren't for like a punt Thursday lineup in Detroit, 
we'd be going for our 13th win in a row. Oh, definitely. And both of these sweeps that we just had, you know, the Guardians, the Orioles, and then now the Royals, those last games are never games they would have won last year. No. Especially especially that Orioles one where it was ugly. They went down early. You know, the 2021 team just gives up and gets on the plane and leaves. And these guys, these guys battled. I, I thought it was really awesome, especially these last two, the Guardians and the Orioles and the Royals, how they just finished them off. Yeah, I mean, Scott and Andrew um, over on the BP show, they had they put out a clip and they said, you know, this team feels different. And that was headed into the Royal series. They're like, you know, this team this year feels different. And I'm like, no, they felt different for four games, you know, at that point. Like it was they had, you know, blown a sweep that felt normal. Then they went on and made a sweep. And that's like it wasn't until that Sunday against the Guardians where it felt like, oh shit, ten two instead of losing this game three nothing. Maybe it's a little different this year. That was a big day because it was the first blowout and it was Cole's first good start, like him getting on track that day. That day was huge. And then they just rode that momentum. And to me, I remember coming off that sweep like, okay, but we got to sweep the Orioles, especially because they only won one game in Camden Yards, which I'm going to be bitching about all season about that series. But oh, my God, it'll be September. It'll be September. And you're going to pinpoint that is your new Cliff Lee trade. (laughs) A thing that you are never going to let go if we don't win the World Series. No, for sure. But yeah, I mean, that Orioles series again, like 2021, you know, they win those first two. And then it was the classic, oh, Thursday day game. 2021 teams punting that game. They are punting. They're getting on the plane. They're saying, hey, we won two out of three. We're all good. And they went down to nothing and they came back and, and finished it off. It was ugly. But they still did it, and and that was awesome. Boone has made managing adjustments now that he has his new three-year with a fourth-year option contract as if he was in a contract year. Like, you would think the way he's approaching lineups, the way he's approaching the bullpen, like he's out there playing to win, which I think we spent the last two years going, what the fuck, play to win your contract, like your job's on the line. He looks like a manager that, is making adjustments in his second year. Like he looks like a guy that just kind of fucked up a million times his rookie year as a manager. And he's like, Oh, he's figuring it out. And now it's his fifth year as a manager. Yeah. So it's a little scary, but you know, better late than never. It's, it's a phrase for a reason. Yeah. I mean, and so when I say, Hey, some things, some things look different in that we would have like lost his games. I'm not convinced yet that this is it's, was it May 2nd? Yeah. It's May 2nd. I'm not convinced like this team's winning the World Series yet. I want them to. They can. But I'm not getting on the like, oh, it's fucking over because like we're tied with the Mets for best record in baseball or, you know, we're one, two. The Subway Series is on. Like it's cute to think about come July, but my pool's not open yet. I can't get that excited. Oh, super early. They're what a game and a half above Toronto. One, I mean, they get you know one bad series here, and they're they're in second place again. This division is going to be really competitive. It's going to take ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine wins to win the division. This isn't a division you can win at ninety one and seventy one. So yeah, they're they're going to have to keep doing this. And again, they're in the soft part of the schedule, but it's good. You got to eat the cupcakes when they're in front of you, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you said that. Weeks ago, I mean, we looked at the schedule the first week of the season and we're like, all right, let's get through Toronto. Let's get through Blue Jays. Then it's time to eat because the second half of the schedule just gets tougher. I mean, even to the extent that we're doing um, we're playing Toronto now, 
then we come back home and we've got the Rangers and like that's nice. They're, you know, not a great team. But then we've got the Toronto again. So, and then you know, you're going to Chicago. The White Sox aren't world beaters yet, but they're a competitive team that could turn it on at any point. And then, you know, you've got four more in Baltimore, three more against the White Sox. Then you've got three more against Baltimore. Like we play Baltimore, we're going to end up playing them like what is it, 13 times in April and May? Yeah, they, all of the Baltimore games are essentially before the All-Star break. I yeah. think there's one afterwards. So, yeah, got, got to get them. Got to get them when they're there for sure. And I mean, even the White Sox, they play them, you know, in Chicago and then they have a one break and then they play in the stadium the next weekend. So everything's bunched together. It's a very weird schedule. And again, the second half of the schedule is an absolute gauntlet. They go to Houston. They go to Fenway a bunch of times. They go to the West Coast. So you, you got to take care of business now. Here's an interesting thing to me, and it's early in the season. So, you know, I understand that, like, right before the All-Star break, they go to Fenway. Going into the All-Star break, they the Boston comes here. We come out of the All-Star break with a doubleheader right away in Houston just to then go to Baltimore, then go to Queens. Like, there's a, a lot of areas where you could fuck up when it gets into the middle of that season. I mean, we even have to go to St. Louis, who's, you know, always going to be a competitive team. Yankees in St. Louis, you know, people are, the crowd's going to be there for that. There's an energy, you know, a playoff-like atmosphere, maybe, where, you know, we're in Fenway, and we have to go out to the West Coast, which just sucks. It just sucks to have to go out there, and we haven't even talked about having to play the Rays, which, like, we're still going to have to play 18, 19 times. So, there's a lot of time to mess it up. But one thing that I wonder, there's early in the season. The Orioles are 8-14. and 14. Um, They are who they are. They should be probably a game or two even worse than that, you know, from us. But the Red Sox are 9-14. and 14. Chris Sale isn't back yet, right? Um, they have a few guys who, including Chris Sale, who aren't getting vaccinated. So you're not going to have those guys for the Toronto series which is big because that's a good team. We could hit the point where, like, the Red Sox just aren't a good team. Like, this may be one of those down years where still, obviously, like, Fenway's going to be rocking when the the Yankees are there. There's still, like, an atmosphere when those teams play. The game's still going to take five hours. But those Red Sox, those these tough Red Sox games can shift very quickly to these are cupcakes you got to eat. Yeah, I mean, 2019 and 2020, we dominated them. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they won, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the games against the Red Sox in 19 and 22, two down years for them. And one of the things that made last year so tough is that it was a four team race in the division. So if you can get that down to three teams, it just just takes the pressure off everybody. Obviously, like you said, games are going to be long. It's still going to be a bitch to go up there, but would definitely help to to move this from a four team race to a three team race. Yeah, and. You know, the Rays are, they're above 500, but being just eight losses ahead of Boston this early in the season, like that feels nice. Cause it, I don't know, I, like being older, I, it's easier for me, nice double play. It's easier for me to put uh, blinders on and forget that even the Rays and Toronto exist. Cause for so much of our life, it was just like, all right, how are we against Boston? 
Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. And, I mean, you look at them in the future, too, not to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, doesn't look like they're going to pay Bogarts. Doesn't look like they're going to pay Devers. They already – we know what happened with Mookie. It doesn't seem like they – like, uh, what's his name? Heim or Chaim Bloom is going to pay these stars. So, you know, things could break right. And their rotation sucks on paper. They really overachieved last year. But, you know, th- their pitching should not be good by any stretch. Some years they just play better. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of like the science behind it. Um, but yeah, I think that they're not going to play, they're not going to pay Xander and that's going to have an impact on them, uh, getting, uh, Raffi to, to resign because Devers is like close with him. So it just kind of opens up the like, I don't know. Well, maybe I will go somewhere else. I saw the last negotiation, like they're $150 million apart with Devers. Like they're, I think they offered two and he was looking for 350. Like they're not even close. Like I, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that, that he's leaving. Apparently he laughed at their offer. It was like Correa in Houston almost. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. Um, watching this team has been fun. It's nice to enjoy baseball again. Um, did you watch the Friday night game on Apple TV? Yeah, I tried not to listen, but I did watch it. <laughs> oh my Dude, God. I, last week, I went back to work from paternity leave. Tuesday, like 4.30, my, the baby is sick. So they're like, come get her. We get through Wednesday. My wife and I just kind of passing her back and forth. She's totally fine. Put the girls to bed at like 7, 9.30, go to check on them as we're going up. The baby's bed is just covered in puke so i'm like fuck you were supposed to go to school the next day but now you're not so you're home all right we get through thursday everything's fine get through thursday night i go in my toddler is reading the very hungry caterpillar and like so when i come in her room like i just see the back of the book she puts it down and goes daddy i threw up she's covered in vomit Ugh. so now they're both home it hits like 1 my wife comes to my office i'm like yo i feel terrible i threw up from three o'clock in the afternoon, like three thirty until like two in the morning. So I was like trying to even like download Apple TV and get it on. And I was just like, I can't do it. Like I was so sick in bed. I I missed the whole game. I caught some of the clips that people posted of the broadcast and I was like, I don't need this. You know, it was weird. The camera angles were really cool. Like they'd be like following the guys around after they hit a home run or whatever. But the commentary was awful. I think I tweeted this like it it, it was almost like, you know, you had three people on there that had never played baseball or, or even looked at a baseball field before and were just like doing it for the first time. Not that I should say play that that doesn't matter, but it, it looked like none of them had ever watched a baseball. Yeah, like who were the announcers? It was Chris Young, the former outfielder. Yeah, he played for the Yankees, right? And then, uh, yeah. And then a woman that I don't know. I don't know who she was. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, you can't just get the best announcers because they're already signed somewhere. But I don't know if, like, there should have been practice games or, like, spring training games. I also don't like that I bought MLB TV out of network, and it says that I will have every Yankee game. That's not true. And then I don't. Now, I get like, hey, if you're blacked out in a local region or it's a nationally televised game, I understand those things. But this wasn't. This was just sold to a different service. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, now that it's happened, it just it feels stupid. I hope the, I hope the ratings are awful. What's your line, though? It's Yankees.com, not Yankees.org. This is the way yeah. it's going, dude. If they're going to make more money, they're going to do it. Yeah. 
I mean, like the Amazon thing I got because Amazon owns part of the Yes Network. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like you've got that. And every and I don't know. So socioeconomic differences of like people who live in the Bronx and whatever. Uh, there must be a squirrel outside. Shut up. That's dog parenting 101. Um, <laughs> they, um, you, you know, like maybe some people don't have Amazon Prime. I feel like everyone has Amazon Prime, though. I think it's like something like 64% of the country or something has it. Yeah, because just it's a free shipping. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I get there are still people, especially people without like a lot of money, people who I grew up with who um, are just like, I don't want to buy anything. I know people who don't buy things online. Like I, they need to go to a store. If I once I give you money and I no longer have this money, I need to have the thing. Like that's, that's the way they wild. operate. That's wild. Because for some people, that money, the two days that I don't have it, what could happen? Something could happen. My car could break down. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. And now I have no money and I have no thing and I have yeah. no car. And it is a uh, like a poverty way to live. But like yeah, that's the way some people have to live. Um. Yeah, but it's been fun to watch to watch these uh, these games, especially like the Sunday games. Like they're playing good Sunday baseball where we don't have to really worry about anything, which is nice. You want to on a Monday, on a Tuesday, you want to have a five four game. You want to play it close. That's fine. On a Sunday, I may be trying to nap a little bit during the game. Yeah, they've been dominating Sundays, man. The, the Cleveland game was a Sunday, which was great. Even you know, even the one yesterday, we're taping this on Monday. I mean, they were down, they were down three one, and they came back, and it ended up being kind of a smooth finish. So yeah, I, I think the weekend games, like they, it just feels like they count for more. It does, and especially like the, I mean, the Sunday games. It's just nice to, just not stress. Yeah, it's oh, for sure. Nice to not stress. Cole, it looks like he's kind of turned it around. He has, yeah. Two two dominant starts. Was nice to see him go the six shutout against KC. But I I need to see that the next step is. I need it like five against Tampa or Toronto. Yeah, I need to see it like five times in a row. Yes, yes, and against the good teams. Like right, it's great. You want to beat up on Cleveland. You want to beat up on Kansas City. The you know the bottom feeders in the AL Central. It's all well and good. That's what you should do. But again, he's got to do that against Toronto and Tampa and Boston. Six innings, no earned run. That's great. Give me seven innings, two earned runs against Tampa. Oh, 100%. 100%. The bullpen's continuing, like, from a pitching standpoint, it's been really good. Um, and defensively, I saw Max Goodman, I think, had tweeted it, that the Yankees defensively were leading the league. And then I think uh, Higgy had, like, three pass balls in a row. But uh, also... Yeah, what is... Go- Dude, he looks terrible. Trevino yeah. should be the starter, man. I'm uh, telling you. Yeah, I mean, I think Trevino's, like, taking that role. Yeah. I mean, in his defense, Tyone the other day, like, he was spiking. Yeah, he was like Rob Gronkowski, man. Yeah, like, some of them, He was throwing a couple, like, 55-footers. <laughs> and I felt a little bad there. Dude, the bullpen's been nuts. I got a stat for you. Michael King has the highest F war of any reliever since, like, last July. Any reliever in baseball. And it's crazy because he sucked as a starter. Like when he was a starter and he was pitching a game, 99% chance the Yankees were going to lose that game. He was horrible. When Mike, King, amazing. when Mike King was starting a game and he got a guy and he got the first two outs and then had a guy 0-2, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure 95% of the time that guy hit a home run. 
Like, yeah, not, that like last when we went, I remember. Yeah, like that. Mike King could not get out of an inning. But from so now, what I hope is that they figure out how to use him and keep him within that. Because this is what happened with Dellen. Dellen was a terrible starter. We got him into an eighth inning role. He's going good. Well, maybe we could do seventh, eighth, you know, or maybe we got to bring him in in the seventh. He's not quite the eighth inning guy, but maybe we try to get an inning and two thirds out of him. Like, just figure out what works. Use the guys how they work best. Play to their strengths, especially early in the season like this. Yeah, he it honestly reminds me a little bit of Chad Green, too, because when Green came up in 16, he was a terrible starter and they moved him and they made him like the multi inning the multi-inning reliever and most dominant relievers were failed starters. It's just, it's just wild to me to watch a guy that was so awful as a starter. Like when he was starting a game, it was a guaranteed loss. And all of a sudden he's this, he's this ace reliever, but that's how baseball is. So I wonder if maybe he did change something in the off season, more time with Matt Blake. I try to give a lot of, you know, cause I blame the coaches when the players don't play well. So I'm going to give credit to Matt Blake when they are playing well. Um, and I give credit to Boone for the way he's managing and motivating and, and all of those things. You know, I try to play it fair that way. But I don't know if it's like a, a better offseason, better whatever um, that's, that got King there. Or, you know, sometimes it's the idea that, like, I know I'm only going out here to throw 30 pitches. I'm not trying to get to 100 pitches. I'm giving it 100% for 30 pitches instead of giving it 85% for 100 pitches. Yeah, you jog out of the pen and let it rip as opposed to thinking all day about how am I going to get through six innings? How am I going to navigate this lineup three times? It's a lot. I think it's a lot easier mentally to come out of the pen. And this pen is so different from Yankee pens in the past, right? I mean, in the past, it'd be like, all right, we'd have the three monsters at the end, but the middle would kind of suck. Now they're like, they're like nine or 10 deep. I mean, they just sent Clark Schmidt down. He's let up one run in nine innings, and he wasn't even good enough to make the cut like that. They have an embarrassment of depth out there. Yeah, which you hope that, you know, you got to make tough decisions, right? So, like, Clark Schmidt, whether it's, you know, how many innings he's thrown, what they plan for him for later in the season, keeping him fresh, whatever it may be, um, you, you know, you hope it works out. But, I mean, we would have, like, the, so I referenced, I think it was – last week or the week before like the 96 team where it was like mo for it was six two one and now we've tried to make it like six one one six one 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 you know we had batantis miller chapman we've done you know batantis britain chapman we've done different mixes try you know britain to britain chapman whatever it may be and it hasn't always like it hasn't really worked because either guys get stuck in like ah Chapman, oh wow, what a catch! Wow, someone else might win a glove in gold glove in right field. Look at that smirk too on the Look turf too. He caught the ball. Look at that. He's that getting, was sick. He might bench press a supermodel after this. <laughs> Did he go over the wall? I mean, we're watching the game live here. Nah, that wouldn't have been a home run, but that would have been a, a double play. though. Yeah, that's still a great play. And you know what? He he stood up after. That's what yeah, matters. Yeah, right. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. Great what catch, a play Stan by is Stan. a different dude in the outfield. He really Dude, is. he just wants to be a baseball player. Yeah. He just wants to be a baseball player. 
He's fired up. It did scare me a little bit when I was like, like they're giving all these guys rest days, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna put Judge and Stan out on the turf at the same time. It's like, yeah, but fuck it, let's go win games. Let's go fucking win games. And they're not gonna play all three. I mean, they're all seven o'clock games though. So it's like, I think Stanton plays tonight. DH is tomorrow. Plays on Wednesday. Judge DH is on Wednesday. I don't think they're going to have Stan play more than one game on the turf. I think he's going to – I think he'll end up DHing twice. But we'll see. Yeah, maybe. I think you got to find – who's DHing tonight? Uh, Donaldson, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to – if you're going to try it, you play him in the first game and then you see if you can squeeze in a Wednesday game. Yeah, no, I, I'd be down. The thing with Donaldson that kind of complicates the DHing thing is that he needs those days too, man. Like he's 36. Yeah. He's had calf injuries, hamstring injuries. He kind of complicates the whole. But DJ also, DJ also needs some days in the field. That's true. That's true. And he's looked great at third, by the way. He looks way better at third than I've ever seen him look. DJ LeMay is just a fucking really good baseball player. Yeah. And I don't know what he did in the offseason, but he strikes me as the kind of guy who takes, you know, Signing a big contract and playing poorly, personal. Oh, yeah. And last year, all the analytics nerds were like, this is why you can't pay DJ. Clearly, he was just banged up, and he's fucking back, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Glaber, he had a good double play in the first inning here, but he's looked really rough defensively. Like, just there is no situation where – like, if you have gate wild card game, game one of a DS, game one of a CS – Game one of a World Series. You cannot have Glaber Torres in the field. It's so sad, man. I don't trust him doing a single thing in the field. I don't trust him fielding a ground ball. I don't trust him catching a pop-up. He he almost spiked a ball when he was in a rundown, like getting somebody out. He, yeah. he threw a ball in the dirt. Like He just looks so broken in the field. He's hitting 225. And he went from 3-0 to double play with bases loaded and one out. It's just sad, man. It was such a promising, such a promising come-up. Like Such... So promising, and now it just it just looks like he's cooked. And like I don't know, like we're going on three bad years. Like it, it, at some point, he's, he's played more bad baseball than good baseball. Yeah, and the announcers like they're like I think they were talking about oh he's up from one seventy to two twenty. He's on fire. I'm like what? Like <laughs> this is still bad. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that actually brings up um, one that I wanted to point out. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Every, people wanted to run him out of town after a week. Bat in 110 or whatever it is. Guy's bat in 303. That's, that a, that's a steep climb up. That's a steep climb up. He's already scored 14 times and has seven RBIs as an eight-hitter. Weak hitting shortstop. Puts the fucking bat on the ball, man. That's that's it. He just, he hits the ball. He hits line drives, ground balls. He, he hits some balls in the air, and he's a great fielder. He can run. He steals bases. He's exactly what they need. I mean, I still think it was underwhelming to trade for him and pass on the big guys, but it's been he's been awesome so far. Which I, I totally understand that position. We're also 22 games into the season. He's got 20 hits. So he's just under pace for getting 200 hits. But he's close, and his pace has been catching up. So we may come away with a guy who makes $5 million, plays after the first week of the season, great defense at short, has the ability to move around the infield if we, you know, made a move or, you know, whatever happened, and is going to bat close to 300, get close to 200 hits. And he's already got two stolen bases, probably end up with around 20. Aaron Hicks still going to be a 30-30 guy in his mind. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Aaron Hicks had a baby and came back, and that helped us zero. Yeah, no, I missed, he missed the Baltimore series so that Andujar could come up and not play in any of the, the Baltimore games. That made a lot of sense. Dude, watching IKF to Rizzo, I mean, going from Torres throwing to Voight to this combo, I mean, like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he's looking... A lot more comfortable at the plate, too. IKF has looked like, I mean, he looked like the first week of the season, he looked like a guy who had just been picked out of the bleachers, like the picture that he showed. (laughs) He looked like a little kid that just got picked out of the bleachers. And now there's just, I don't know, there's a confidence in his stance. And that's easier to say when a guy's hitting. But like, it's, you know, whether he needed an off day when they gave it to him or whatever it is that he was able to take a big breath and say, Okay, I can do this. I've earned my way to the big leagues. Kind of the way we talk about Cole with like, hey, you were a one-one guy. Like you're gonna you're gonna figure this out. Worry a little, like let the temperatures warm up. Worry a little bit less about the sticky stuff. You'll figure it out. And that's what IKF has done in his own way. Yeah, and I always felt like IKF had the personality. Like, I think they were asking him in his introductory press conference, like, what do you want to be called? And he was like, just call me the shortstop or the Yankees, or just hopefully you can call me a world champion. Like, that's the perfect attitude to have. And I always thought he kind of did have the right the right mindset to play here. So, yeah, I mean, to me, he's got to play it short every day. DJ's got to play it second every day. And Glaber's got to be on the bench. There's really, there's really no spot for him. And why does Boone, when Torres does play, like, he batted him fifth yesterday. I, I just... Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I think it's just like it's mental shit. I think it's just a lot of mental stuff that like with today's athlete, and I get it. 
like, you know, hopefully, like, less of them are going home and beating their kids and wife because, like, they've got better, like, mental balance than we did in the 80s. But there's a little bit of just, like, I don't know, man. You If you play, like, a seven hitter, you're going to bat seventh. And, like, I don't need to show you that we have the confidence in you to bat fifth because we don't. Like, that, that's the matter of fact. It is what it is. It may hurt your feelings, but it hurts the team when, you know, another IKF hit. That's all he does, Oh, man. take second. He's going to... Oh, what are you doing? Oh, he slipped. He slipped. <laughs> he slipped. Oh, man. Look at he that. That's, up. that's a, his nickname is Hawaiian Hustle. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a hustler. And if I asked you, like, what does Glaber Torres do well on a baseball field? You'd probably sit there for, like, a good 30 seconds to a minute. To neck tattoo. Neck yeah. tattoo. <laughs> One of the best neck tattoos in the game. Yeah, wait, I want to talk about so I want to talk about this whole announcer thing. Okay. I was never the biggest Michael K guy. Like I always like, you know, I enjoyed him, you know, but I was never like goo goo gaga like some people are. But listening to fucking Carlos Beltran and Cameron Mabin just butcher sentences and, and not know what they're talking they, the fact that people are like, oh, these guys are awesome. I, I think they're both horrible. Beltran was atrocious over the weekend. Anybody that says that he was good is is lying to themselves. So I remember when Paul O'Neill and David Cohn were getting started, and they were not great. Because, like, Paul O'Neill started off, he would do, like, 20 games. Yes. A lot of these guys, like, they get smaller amounts of games yeah. and they build up. Because we've seen, like, Jeff Nelson in the booth for 45 minutes. Um, I think even Boomer's maybe done a, a, a couple He's of done, games. like, two or three games. Yeah, because when did Paul – like, O'Neill started maybe, what, like, 09, 10, yeah. 11? Yeah, and it used to be, like – it used to be like, hey, we're going to sign you for like a 20-game tryout. And I used to joke that O'Neal was just doing it to pay his greens fees because all he talked about was playing golf. Yeah. Like it was all all he talked about. Um, and we watched those guys grow into it. Like we love – now a big part of it, Trevino, just pushing it out there. A I big thing is we love, we love these guys, right? Like we love Paul O'Neill. We love David Cohen because they won us World Series. David Cohn is becoming one of like the premier media voices in baseball. Like, I'm very excited. Even and he knows it because you can see the way he he's dressed for some of these games. He's in like a, the three piece. Like he's going to be around. We're going to hear David Cohn for forever. And the Yes Network, I think, is going to lose him. Oh, now, I mean, they've already kind of have. I mean, yeah. they're already doing Sunday Night Baseball. Whether it becomes like, hey, he just makes enough money. Now, he loves the game, right? So it may be like, yeah, Sunday Night Baseball is like a really good paying gig. I'm going to just keep doing that, and you've got, but you've got to pay me a shitload of money to do it. And I'm going to still pick up my Yes Network contract, which I, I don't know what that, you know, what that looks like financially. Um, but he's got the podcast with John Boy. He's going to get looked at for uh, pitching coaching jobs every year. He's It's going to be talked about. And I think, similar to Boone, he could talk his way into a managerial role, like right out of the booth to a certain extent. So watching him grow has been exciting. DJ may have beat that out. Yeah. He's he did. He did. He did. I think he's in. He did. Yeah, that wasn't in the back of the mitt yet. That's a close one. Yeah, I could go. This has got to be real good to listen to the morning after. Um, <laughs> Paul O'Neill used to be like pretty rough. And really what they brought to the table was, to me at least, 
I felt like they bullied Michael K a bit. Because Michael K, when you're a radio announcer and then you come over to do TV and it's a new network, like you've been with John Sterling, who's not a baseball player. Now you got into it. I feel like K's rapport with the players has gotten much better. And he is, he's an iconic voice of the Yankees now. So that's why on his radio show, he can criticize in ways that other guys don't. Cameron Mabin and Carlos Beltran were covered in the media and by our fan bases as if it was a, like, the biggest free agent signings that could have happened for this franchise. And I'm sorry if this, I'd mean no disrespect in this. Carlos Beltran knows the game of baseball tremendously. Maybe one of the best baseball minds out there. He does not know the English language well. He's having a hard time with the language, like piecing together the thoughts in a fluid way that it makes it easily digestible for a mass audience. Yeah, no, I, I you said that perfectly. That's exactly how I feel. And so it's not like, hey, he can never get there or, hey, he's got to learn English better. I think it's a comfort thing. He's comfortable speaking English the way he speaks English. And, you know, especially – uh, conversationally and then I think he just I don't know if it's more practice games maybe he needed more in spring training maybe he needs just like a 20 game tryout but like this isn't it if you give me a lot of this this season and a big part of it now they say the schedule's made in advance Paul O'Neill isn't allowed in the booth if Paul O'Neill would just go out, and I know people are trying to hear it, if Paul O'Neill would just get fucking vaccinated, we could have better broadcasts. I think he can do a decent enough job at, from Studio 21 if way better than Beltron. I think from, like a, from a technology standpoint. Yeah, I mean, but it'd be a lot better to have. I think they like having everyone there. It's oh, a, sure, sure. It's no. a lower overhead because they're not just going over like his home Wi-Fi yeah, no, to broadcast baseball yeah, games. Like it's yeah. an investment. Um, I just don't get the obsession with Beltron. It's like people wanted him to be a consultant, then they wanted him to be the manager, then everybody wanted him to be an announcer. Like he played Carlos Beltron and Cameron Mabin cheated to beat us. I know, I know. I, I don't get it. I, I and Mabin Mabin kind of bugs me too. Like everybody acts like he's this hero. He played here for two months. Like I, he played here for doing? two months and he hugged a bunch of guys. And yeah, he did a deal with Bronx Pinstripes. Like we sold shirts for his charity. Sure, he's a nice enough guy. I think Cameron Mabin is going to be a good announcer. Um, obviously, he's a good-looking guy. He carries himself well. He speaks well. What he needs to get over is – I forget what fucking band it is, but Carabas said this about working at Barstool. Maybe it's like ACDC. I think they change um, singers all the time or whatever. So there was a guy who like joined the band, but he was a fan of the band, and he said it took him a long time to realize – I'm in the band now. I don't have to be a fan anymore. Karabi said this about from like being a kid who grew up in Boston to like being a part of Barstool. Like you've got to realize like that's not Big Cat. That's my coworker, Dan. Right, that's just right. Dave. Cameron Mabin, every other like sentence out of his mouth is, well, I was just talking to this guy yesterday. Like he's justifying that here. We know you have the access to the players. You're on my television. And he needs right. to, I think he needs to like get comfortable with that. I think he'll be good. I still love Ryan Rucco calling games. Ryan Rucco gets some fucking C squads to have to deal with. 
Yeah, he really he really does. I know. I mean, Maven's definitely better than Beltron. For me, the issue with Maven, it's like, and I know this is part of his personality, but like everything's rosy. Everybody's great. AJ Hinch is great. Higgy's great. You know, like everybody's great. Everybody's awesome. And, and you know, I just think he needs to dial that back a little bit. He has potential. Beltron, I, I kind of think of it as a lost cause, but we'll see. Beltron, I just think he needs a lot more reps. Like it, it feels like. It just feels like he didn't practice. And I'm sure that they have these guys. Like, if you're just getting on the air, like, they do demos. They do demo tapes. They watch old games and have them, like, call it live. But, right. But think about the non-players, though. Do they they come up from the bottom. They go to these bizarre places and they have to grind or they do radio. Beltron just showed up with no experience, just like he was going to do as the Mets manager. Like, people just give this guy jobs, even though he ha- does not have the credentials or experience. It's just, oh, he's Carlos Beltron. He can do it. He cheated to win the only thing he's ever won. Yeah, and he was a mediocre. I mean, we had him at the end of his career, but, I mean, three average years with us on the back nine of his career. I, yeah, I don't get it. And especially with all of Cashman's like aggressive comments about the Astros, like he talks this tough game about how, Oh, we, we oh, we're not in a championship drought and the Astros were horrific. And then he, he hires these two schmucks. I don't know. I just, well, I don't think Brian Cashman's making the calls. The Yankees don't own. Yes. I'm sure he's got it. I'm sure he's at least involved a little bit. No, he touches everything. Dude. No, Brian. You don't Cashman, think at all. I don't think they, uh, Michael K makes decisions. Yeah, Michael K does. I know that for a fact because I did post game like recap videos for them, and because I was part of Barstool at the time, and KFC had said a bunch of stuff about Michael K, they had to run it by Michael K that I could do the videos. I've heard he's very for dot com. Yes, I've heard he's very sensitive. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely is. Bronx High School science graduate. You see the sign. <laughs> Um, speaking of former, former Mets, like Carlos Beltran, now there are a lot of people who think that because, I mean, he's having a great season and he's had some great seasons before that we should have backed up the Brinks truck and given Aaron judge, whatever he wanted for however long he wanted it. Very similar to Robinson Cano. And people like to say, as part of the, you know, as part of it, like, oh, well, what is, you know, we don't want another Cano situation, right? We don't want Robinson Cano part two, where a guy, you know, it's a, a couple million dollars and he goes somewhere else. Robinson Cano has not one dick. He got more money, went to Seattle. He was the second Dominican to ever be in the city of Seattle. <laughs> um, and he signed his contract to go there at 31. It, it was his 31 season. So same thing as Judge. Signed a 10-year contract. And what happened with that? He got popped for steroids twice, and now he's being released with two years left in the contract. So for anyone who – I get it. Judge is having a great year right now. Cano had a great year before he left us. When you think about the length, when you think about flexibility, now Steve Cohen is spending like no one's ever spent before, but eventually like you run out of money. You run out of money that you're willing to put up with uh, luxury taxes and stuff like that. So, I mean, just think about that, everyone. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I wanted to I wanted to keep Cano, but when I saw that he got ten years, I was like, oh shit. Like he is not gonna he is not gonna age well. I wanted to keep him for seven or eight years for sure. But no, I I, I think it's the same thing. And look, with all, all these guys, a lot of these contracts, right? Like, look, you look at Machado and Harper, it's different. They got those deals at twenty six. Yeah. 27 years old. That's very different than 30, 31, man. That That's a huge difference. But but everybody just wants to lump them all together. And you really got to look at their age. And I think, you know, Harper's always been a hustle guy. I get Machado is not always a hustle guy. And he says he saves it for other plays. The last year he was with the Yankees, Robinson Cano, I think asked at one point to play second base in a folding chair. Like he was <laughs> like never like he's not the hustle guy. And so now it comes down to late in his career. Like he would be. If we had signed him to that contract, he we there would have never been a Luke Voigt. He would have been our second baseman forever ago. I mean, our first baseman forever ago. He would have. Now, my counterpoint is, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I believe that if he was on that 2017 team instead of Castro, I think they win the World Series. Lefty bat. He was still great. He hit 300 that year. Was still a good fielder. Yeah. Starlin was eh. You know, they, they might have 28 if he would have stayed. I know that's neither here nor there. Something yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, we who knows if, you know, we, we figured it out to win in another year as well, yeah. you yeah. know, with him there. But, I mean, yeah, if you have an all-star who's, you know, going to bat, you know, close to 300, yes, that, that would have helped. But also, at that point, who do you not have? Like, we wouldn't have had DJ – you know, you can't just add him in. Right, right. I, At twenty-something million dollars, you're not. You know, you're not getting that. But I mean, if you talk about Cano and Judge, Robinson Cano has accomplished way more going to free agency as a Yankee than, than Aaron Judge did. Yeah. Won a World Series, hit three hundred a bunch of times, and and remember. Robbie Cano played 160 games every year. If you go on baseball reference, I know he's lazy and didn't hustle, but he made sure he was ready to play every single day. Yeah, let's see. I've got it pulled up here. Come on. Yeah, Cano in his last season with the Yankees played 160 games. The year before that, 161. The year before that, 159. 160, 161, 159, 160, uh, 122, 132. Yeah, he's got hurt once. He's always played a lot of games. And that's why I was always cool with him jogging to first base. Like, if you're going to play every single day and you don't want to sprint out every ground ball, like, to me, that's okay. Even he went to Seattle and he did. 157, 156, 161, 150 on like some very not competitive teams. He was so smooth too, dude. Like turning double plays, like that nonchalant style. I fucking loved his game. Relays, too. relays from the yeah. outfield through him were a lot of fun. He just made everything look easy. And he did. So he was, by the time he left the Yankees, he was a five time All Star, a. Five-time Silver Slugger. Yeah. <laughs> top five, top six in MVP voting five times. Second rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, he was a couple gold gloves in there. I mean, he was legit, but, like, that's just a bad contract. IKF so good. Um, <sighs> it, it just, it, it was a bad contract at the time. Did Jacoby Ellsbury fix it? No. That wasn't, you know, that obviously wasn't great. But I think for all the like, listen, I want Judge to hit three home runs tonight. I want him to do it every night. Um, I want I want the Yankees to win the World Series and Judge to get all the money he fucking wants somewhere else. I think that's fair. 
Yeah, no, that's fine. And people people misconstrue it, right? Like when when I, I think I tweeted like, oh, it's fine if they let him walk. And people are like, what, you think they're better off without him? No, I don't think the Yankees are a better team next year without Aaron Judge. Obviously not. But do I want him on the roster at 38? No. And then you have to weigh that. Like how, how important is it having him next year to being stuck with him? And look, people complain about paying Stanton $22 million a year until he's 37, but they're ready to give Judge $40 million until till yeah. he's 40. It's people just – I don't know. If Aaron Judge wants $38 million next year on a one-year deal, sign him. Yeah. You know? Fine. If he'll take – 36 like whatever the there's like the number no one cares about no one remember obviously i don't remember it whatever that threshold is and he wants that for three years great sounds fucking perfect maybe a correa situation right correa yeah. thought he was going to get a massive deal he took one of those weird you know three-year deals with two opt-outs basically three one-year player option deals you, you never know man and again i do not think teams are going to be lining up offering aaron judge eight nine-year contracts it's just no. not going to happen because also part of the magic of aaron judge is the pinstripes. Put him in Anaheim red. It's not the same. Nah. And I, I don't think they're going to back the, the bus up. Put him in that fucking ugly brown in, that the Padres wear. The only one that I can see is the Giants, just because he's from Northern California. They spend money and they're good. That yeah. That's like really the only only place I could see him going. Yeah, it'd be cool. It, he'd look cool in that uniform. Yeah, he would. He would. But it's not the same as no. the pinstripes. Playing for the Yankees. No. He's, Gallo he's, is hurt, but but not on the IL, but not playing. Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm okay with it. Maybe he needs a couple days. He was starting to heat up, though. Do you he think this is months. kind of a phantom? Like, obviously, they were going to rest him Sunday, but not giving him, not playing him tonight. Do you think it's like, oh, like, let's just reset mentally? What is his injury again? Groin tightness. Groin on the turf. Yeah. The thing is, like, I remember when I when they said, "Oh, some groin tightness." Where? Well, that's it. Get used to that because we're gonna hear that all year. Yeah, that's one of those things that doesn't go away. Now, if it's like, "Hey, listen, we're playing hot." Obviously, these are games that we'd like him to have in. The turf fucking sucks. But if he misses Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and he can play Wednesday, have an off day, and then he's ready to go in Texas, you know, against Texas. I mean, that's. I'll take that if that gets him better for the rest of the season. Plus, like, he hasn't been playing great. Yeah, he he hit a couple home runs. He looked, like, surprised when he hit his first home run. So if we could maybe – you know how, like, Gary would go on the IL and come back and hit, like, fucking eight home runs in a week? Maybe he could do that. Yeah, although I will say, so yesterday – so the Sunday game, Andujar played, like, the first six or seven innings in left field, and then they put LaCastro in. I kind of like the idea of giving Andujar three at-bats, letting him play six, seven innings, and then just bringing LeCastro in like for that last at-bat and for defense. Like That's kind of a sexy platoon to me. I don't know if maybe I missed something because I had it on mute at the time. But like that LeCastro slide, I didn't have any issue with that. He hit the base. He slid into the base. Uh, I mean, I didn't have an issue with it, but if you look at the new rule that Joe Torre helped to, to implement in, in 2015, like he clearly knocked into the guy. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty odd. And Boone even said, like, oh, we, we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna dispute that. Like, you're not allowed to really touch them. Like, you have to like stop at the beginning of the base. And he kind of kept going. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that takes away from baseball because, like, that throw, that throw was gone before he got there. So, like, that was a bad throw. Anyway, that's just like the intimidation of like maybe you're going to get hit. 
I remember Varitek and Kevin Euclid literally trying to kill Jeter on those plays. Yeah. And Jeter would just jump like you know, 10 feet in the air over their head and make these sweet throws. I kind of miss those those plays. Yeah. No, I mean, I like a certain amount of contact I don't think is terrible. As long as it's not um, Albert Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those, those brawls. That was fun. I think that's all we got for this week. Like, listen, the Yankees are playing well. We don't have much to complain about. We think that, you know, they can keep playing. We just, we got to get through Toronto. We're a game and a half up. I mean, if we take two out of three, we're two and a half up. It's beautiful stuff. And honestly, sweeping these, gumming in nine in a row, it takes a lot of the pressure off this truck. Even if they win one game, it's like, you know what? At least we took care of business before. Like, that's what eating those cupcakes do is it, it, it takes the pressure off when you have these tough divisional games, man. Yeah, and I think it's good to, like, continue – because it just helps you continue to get better. Like, you're able to get better over time by winning the games you're supposed to and then figuring out how to beat the teams. You know, because if if you end up losing, you know, hey, we split the first series. If we win this one, like, we should win this one, that's great. If we happen to lose it but don't get swept, it's not the end of the world. And it's like, you know, it's – it's tough to beat a team in the NFL three times. You know, the Eagles play the Giants twice. They beat them twice in the regular season. They meet them in the playoffs. Giants are winning that game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't hear no bell. I've seen everything, you know, they've got. So that's what we got to hope for. Yeah, man. Well, uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter at N Kirby NYY. Follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show that no one tweets from at George's box pod. Um, Hey, if you want, tweet us. Let us know if you like us, well, I don't know, watching the game sometimes while we do it. It helps spurn topics to talk about and give you a little live uh, reaction to it. But, um, yeah, I think that's all we got. Do you have any games coming up that you're going to? I was thinking about Friday, but I started a new job this week, and I'm like, I don't want to leave at 3.30, you know, 4 o'clock the first Friday. Yeah, this, this Saturday, I don't, I can't go this weekend. We're hosting Mother's Day, but they're doing, like, on Saturday, if you buy today, you can get field-level seats for twenty nine ninety nine. but you got to buy them today. Yeah, I can never, whenever they do that shit, I can never make those games. They, only, they must only do that when they know I can't go. They normally do, it's like... Tuesdays, like because then it's like also same thing for Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Might try and go against the White Sox in like two weeks. The twentieth, twenty first. Yeah, right one even. of those. Yeah, I think my next one, uh, unless I something happens and I'm going there, I think I'm going to do the June eleventh Cubs Saturday night game. I think I'm. I think I'll be there with you. Seven fifteen yeah, Cubs. Yeah. I, I think I'm trying to like round up a little crew, and then. Um, Definitely Baltimore, July twenty third. Like hotels are reserved. I think like the this the not. I didn't want. I got suite pricing, and it doesn't make sense for us. They had like these other like Miller Lite flight decks. Yeah, but they're sold out. I tried to get those, but I mean we've got a crew of like a dozen people going. No, it's gonna be great. It's, it's always great. Yeah, even with that stupid renovation they did. Yeah. So listen. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I don't know. Tell people to listen to the show. We're just like talking about the Yankees. That's all it is. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Hey, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you at the parade.